Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be episode number 41. This is going to be a short episode. Great to have you here. I hope you enjoyed the previous episode, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm going to have a discussion about, you know, the seriousness of the Constitution and why it's so darn important. You know, there there is this mindset out there about the Constitution of the United States that it's really just a hindrance. An annoyance. It's an annoying document, isn't it? Uh, That pesky constitution. It's always in the way. I mean, it's in the way of government. Government wants to do things, you know? Government wants to do this. Government wants to do that. And it's all for the people. It's all for the good of the people, isn't it? Oh, the people. Oh, that's government just lives and breathes for the people. Oh, oh, oh. It just tugs at your heartstrings, doesn't it? Uh, And that pesky constitution just gets in the way. You know, it says you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't, you know, you can't um, can't violate people's free speech, you can't can't violate their Eighth Amendment rights. I mean, it's just annoying, isn't it? Why don't we just ignore it? Why don't we just get rid of that thing, right? I mean, that's the mindset. And some people, you know, really don't, other people don't take the Constitution very seriously at all. They, it's just some old dusty document. It kind of sits on the shelf and, eh, what's the point? Now, as we've read recently from the Founding Fathers, they keep mentioning that word Constitution. In 1774, this is long before the United States Constitution. This is back when they were talking about the British Constitution, British rights, and their ancient rights. And they keep talking, they keep using that word constitution over and over again. We've heard it many times over the last 10 or 15 episodes. So clearly the Founding Fathers didn't think that the Constitution was an annoyance or a hindrance or, an you know, some pesky thing that just got in the way all the time. King George III did, but not the Founding Fathers. Founding Fathers thought it was important and you should pay attention to it. So if you're one of those folks, and I'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast are not, but if you're one of those folks who thinks that the Constitution is just, oh, it's just such a hindrance, why doesn't the Constitution just get out of the way and let government serve the people? Oh, because government just lives to serve the people. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, well, we've heard that story before. I'm sure King George thought he was just working for the people, too. And I'm sure the Parliament in Great Britain thought, oh, we're just just working for the people here. All those taxes we're trying to levy, that tea that we're trying to force on the colonists, and those rights that we're trying to take away, we're doing it for the people. It's all for the people. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, like like I said, we we've heard we've heard this uh, we've heard this argument many times throughout history. Uh, these these people who claim to be working for the people and trying to serve the people. Caesar um, um, said that at least a few times, as I recall. That w- that would be Julius Caesar, the one who was uh, stabbed to death on the floor of the Senate, and rightfully so, in my opinion. Wait, what? Roman? Did Roman just say what I think he just said? Yes, you heard me. In, in hindsight, in, you know, in the grand scheme of things, do I think that Julius Caesar should have been stabbed to death on the floor of the Senate? Obviously, ideally, you do it in a different location, but you gotta, you gotta understand, this is a different time. And these people took these people looked at the world a little bit differently than we do today, and they were dealing with a much darker, a much more harsh world than we deal with today. The world was a much more difficult place back then than it is today, and you can't impose your delicate sensibilities upon 
the people who lived during that particular period of time. So uh, the fact that they stabbed him to death on the Senate floor, it was just the way things were done back then when somebody tried to become a tyrant king, which is exactly what Julius Caesar was trying to do. Now, ultimately, those people who were trying to save the Republic failed, uh, as we know. But I think they, I think their heart was in the right place, and I think they, well, for the most part, and I think they, um, I think they certainly did the right thing in that regard. But you know, these people who rise up and always try to claim that they're fighting for the people, but really what their intention is is to abolish the Constitution and to abolish ancient rights, like the founding fathers were talking about. King George the Third was that guy, more or less. He really was that guy. And the only thing that kept that nut job in check was the constant resistance of the people in the American colonies fighting against that brand of tyranny. That's just the way that it was. And he, it was King George III didn't have any respect for those people's ancient rights, their constitution, as the Founding Fathers described it. And so, yes, the constitution is very important. The, the, the constitution that the Founding Fathers were referring to in 1774, and also the constitution of the United States today is very important. And don't, you, you know, when you listen to these people say things like, oh, it's just an annoyance, it's just a hindrance, oh, you really don't want that pesky constitution. There have been Supreme Court justices of the United States who have said exactly that. And no, I'm not making that up. They have literally said, more or less, in not so many words, that the United States Constitution is an annoyance, and it just gets in the way. Now, how does somebody like that find themselves on the Supreme Court of the United States? Well, that's a longer story and a story for another day, and I'm not going to get into it right now. But just know that these, these people do exist. They're very real. And then again, you've got that other group of people who just don't really know anything about the Constitution. They don't know. They don't know. They don't even know it's there. Really, they don't know what it means. They don't know what it says. They don't know that it's there. They, they don't really care. It's a big nothing to them. And then there's the rest of us who know that it's important. And why am I talking about the importance of the Constitution today? You know, in the in the previous episode, I went on a I went on a rant about the Second Amendment to the United States. Mostly because the Founding Fathers took it very seriously. They keep mentioning it. Not directly, obviously, because the Second Amendment, from, from the perspective of 1774, does not exist yet. But this principle of what the Second Amendment represents, it predates the United States Constitution. It predates the United States of America. And frankly speaking, it predates the colonies. It goes way back through time. It really, really does. And you have to understand that. And you have to understand how important this really was to the Founding Fathers. And not just that, but the other another thing they're constantly talking about during this period of time is 1774, 1775, is this right to petition their government. They mention it over and over and over again in these documents, their right to petition the government. They wrote a lengthy document to General Gage about this, and they've written to the king also about this, the king in parliament. These ancient rights, these sacred rights that they had. These are not things to be trifled with. These are not things to forget about. And oftentimes in the United States, people take it for granted or they forget about it. Or frankly speaking, they simply they simply consider it an annoyance. Like free, take freedom of speech, for example. You know, there are many people today who really do feel like the, the this right to free speech is an annoyance. It's a hindrance. And you know that because they, they very much agree with people in other parts of the world. In other parts of the world, this concept of freedom of speech is really an alien concept. It does not exist. And you'd be surprised how close to the United States that concept is verboten. All you really only have to go across the northern border into Canada to find a place where the where this concept of the First Amendment and freedom of speech is an alien concept. And some people might be wondering, why Roman? Whatever do you mean? What do you mean in Canada that the freedom of speech is not respected or not tolerated? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, you know, they have this uh, they have this concept called hate speech. 
in many parts of the uh, the Western world these days, including in Canada, as I understand. And if I'm wrong about this, and somebody in Canada wants to set me straight, feel free to leave a review in the uh, in the podcast and say, Roman, for Pete's sake, man, you're wrong about this. In Canada, we do have the freedom of speech, and here's where it's articulated. Oh, really? Then explain to me how it is that somebody can say something that offends somebody's delicate sensibilities up there, or they can say something that offends somebody, hurts their feelings, or whatever. It's declared hate speech, and then they're fined or imprisoned or drawn through the court system, etc., etc. Explain that to me. How is that freedom of speech? It's not. There is no freedom of speech because here's here's the here's the here's the big ticket item and this hurts a lot of people's feelings but again I, I mentioned this on the previous episode and some people might take uh, offense to this or some people might think I'm going a little bit too far but frankly speaking I don't care when when the when the founding fathers were drawing up the constitution the declaration and other things they were concerned about people's fundamental rights they were not concerned about your stupid feelings they didn't care about your feelings and they didn't care about anybody else's feelings they cared about basic human rights and I made the comment that, you know, the Founding Fathers would wipe their rear end with your feelings uh, to the extent that anybody out there actually thinks that their feelings trump people's natural rights, people's ancient rights that go back from long before you were ever born. Thousands of years before you were born, these ancient rights existed. And the right to speech is one of them. And frankly speaking, hate speech is free speech. We may not like it. We may not want to tolerate it. But we have to. Why? Because it's freedom of speech. That's why. And that's what the Founding Fathers intended. Political speech is also freedom of speech. People like to call that incendiary. People like to call it sometimes extreme. And it depends on what you're talking about. There is some extreme speech that is probably a little bit, a little bit, a little bit closer to ridiculous than others. But when you're talking about basic political concepts, when you're talking about basic political ideology or theory, concept, whatever, that's freedom of speech. Just because you disagree with somebody politically... Just because you disagree with their particular brand of political representation, political government, whatever, just because you disagree with it doesn't mean that they, they don't have a right to say it. So there's people every day, as a matter of fact, probably 80% of the people in the world have a different political view than I have. They, they espouse a different kind of political ideology. Probably 80% of the people in the United States have a different uh, idea of politics and, and political ideology than I do. But I'm still fine with them saying it. They still have a right to say it. That's the whole point. So when you, we can't ignore the Constitution and we can't think it a trivial document. We have to take it seriously, just as the Founding Fathers did. These people were willing to fight a war if it came to that. They didn't want to. As we, re as we read on the previous episode of this podcast, episode number 40, John Adams, still at the 11th hour, was trying to pull this thing back from the brink of civil war. He mentions that. But if the situation called for it, if the time came and they had no other choice, if Britain gave them no other choice, they were willing to fight and die for these ancient rights. That's how seriously they took it. And you got to ask yourself, why? Why did they take it so seriously? And should I take it seriously too? Should I take it so seriously as they did if they were willing to die for it? Shouldn't I take a look at that and try to understand why? Because most, many of these people who fought and died for it, they lived, they lived fairly comfortable lives for the time. They really did. Why were they willing to give up all of that comfort? Their position, potentially. Potentially their families, their, their houses, their residences, their farms, all of this. Why were they willing to give all that up for this? Isn't this important? Of course it is. Of course it's important. And so I went on a, I went on a, I went on a rant about the Second Amendment, much the same way I would go on a rant about the First Amendment. There's nothing particularly special about the Second Amendment over and above the other amendments. It's just as important as the others. But at this particular period of time, you can understand why the Founding Fathers keep talking about this concept of militia, of people organizing themselves into companies, of people training in the military arts, even though they're not regular soldiers, but they're used to arms, as John Adams said in the previous episode. 
is important during this period of time because when the British government, a tyrannical government, begins moving regular soldiers, the regular army, into your city and turning it into a garrison town, and your people are living under constant threat of invasion from your own army, you begin to understand in a very real way how serious it is that people are able to go down to the gun store and buy a firearm to defend themselves should the need arise, and the need does arise in 1775. Spoiler alert, the British army does attack, not the colonists, but the British army. It wasn't the colonists that brought the fight, it was the British army that brought the fight. They're the ones who decided to go out into the countryside and kill people. They're the ones who decided to go out to the countryside and seize property illegally, even under British law. They were the ones who were willing to go out into the countryside and arrest people for no particular charge whatsoever except that they disagreed with that tyrant king dictator in England. They were the ones who started this mess. Not the United States, not the colonists. It was the British Empire. And people have a right to defend themselves. That's why I go on a rant about the Second Amendment. And that's why I would go on a rant about the Constitution as a whole. In the United States today, we are very fortunate, indeed, to have a government constituted under the Constitution of the United States of America. And there are a great many people in the United States government who are good people, who serve the Constitution well. Perfectly? No. But do they serve it well? Yes. Now, there's a bunch of other people who don't serve it well, to be brutally honest with you. And that's a problem, and that's a problem that needs to be fixed. And that's up to you. That's your job. But in the meantime, you know, we, we focus on the importance of the Constitution. Some people like to criticize it because it's not a perfect document. Heck, I'll even criticize it at times because it's not a perfect document. It's impossible for it to be perfect, by the way. But still, we, we can't cast it aside, and we have to understand that it's important. That's why I go on a rant about these things, because it's important. Some people are going to be turned off by that. Some people are going to be turned off by this rant about the Second Amendment because they disagree with it. They don't think the Second Amendment is uh, important anymore. Because we live in evolved times. Don't you see? The, the human race has evolved past these, these ancient disputes, dissensions, and factions that plagued society from years past. Past and, and we are no longer troubled or burdened or sullied or otherwise undermined by such ideologies. We've evolved past the Second Amendment, don't you see? We no longer need it. Are you insane? Seriously. I mean, who makes uh, these people who make this argument? That we've evolved past it. Well, if we, if we have evolved past that, then we have evolved past the Constitution, and we don't need that anymore either. We don't need a Fifth Amendment, and we don't need an Eighth Amendment either against uh, excessive fines and penalties and un, or cruel and unusual punishment. What do we need an Eighth Amendment for? Haven't we evolved past the Eighth Amendment? We don't need an Eighth Amendment anymore. There's no such thing as cruel and unusual punishment anymore. We've evolved as a society. Of course, it sounds insane when you, when you say that about the Eighth Amendment, because everybody knows that we have not evolved past that. One quick glance at society will tell you that we have not evolved past that. But for some reason, this, the, the Second Amendment, and even the First Amendment now, suddenly we have evolved past it. It's really bizarre. And because of things like that, bizarre, twisted ideologies such as that, we don't take the Constitution seriously, and we don't understand how, how lucky we are to have it, and how important a document it was, and how hard it took to actually put that document into place. A lot of people had to die for that document to be there. And we haven't evolved past it. We're really the same people as we were 250 years ago. There's really no difference between us. We have the same emotions, the same feelings, the same problems, the same ignorance, the same mistakes, and the same potential for disaster. And the Constitution was really meant to try to avert that disaster. It gives us guardrails to work inside of. And the Declaration of Independence, too. Guardrails. 
Very important stuff. So when the Founding Fathers bring these issues up, like their right to petition the government, I go on a tear about it, and I go, I rant about it for a very, very good reason. Because there, although most of the listeners of this podcast, you may well understand this, and you may think I'm beating a dead horse, but believe me, there are people who are going to cruise into this podcast and have absolutely no clue about this stuff, because it's not taught anymore. It hasn't been taught since before I was born. The fact that anybody picks any of this stuff up, frankly speaking, is a miracle. Because where is it taught? Parents sometimes teach it, but most of the time they don't because they failed at their job. Yes, I said it. Most American parents, they fail miserably at doing their job in this regard. They're too busy doing other things, going on vacation, watching Netflix, etc. They, they, they can't be bothered to teach their children about this stuff. So yes, people are going to cruise into this podcast having absolutely no background in it whatsoever. And if, 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 it, if this is the only place where people are going to hear how important the Constitution of the United States is, then fine. And I will go on a rant about the, the right to petition the government or amendments against uh, quartering troops, and I'll go on a rant about a standing army. People, you know, people sometimes forget that I'm very passionate about that as well, about being very suspicious about a standing army, because the Founding Fathers have mentioned that more than one time. They've mentioned it several times in just the last 40 episodes of this podcast. The Founding Fathers over and over again have referenced a standing army, and you get the very real sense that they are very, very suspicious of it. That's why in the Constitution we have that civilian head of the, of the, the military, the commander-in-chief, president of the United States. Congress has a great deal of authority when it comes to building the army and funding it, and there's a reason for that. And the states have some responsibility in there as well. And why was this all built in there? Because, again, they were suspicious of a standing army. That Constitution is very valuable. This system that we have in the United States of America today is very important. It's very important to keep a mind to it. Why is it this way? Why did the Founding Fathers build it the way that they did? They have reasons for all of it. None of, nothing, nothing of what they put together was an accident. It was all very deliberate and very intentional. Now, did they make some mistakes? Absolutely. But when it comes to these fundamentals like the right to petition your government, the right to keep and bear arms, not quartering troops, it's, again, suspicious of a standing army. You get that right there in that amendment. And then again, you know, excessive fines and penalties, cruel and unusual punishment, uh, protection of your person and paper, all, the, all this stuff, all of it. Very, very important stuff. These were all very, very deliberate, especially the Bill of Rights. Very deliberate, because they had to come in after the fact and actually get that ratified. They had to actually get those things through. That is a very deliberate action. Very focused, very determined. It's not an accident. It's no accident that we, that, that First Amendment made it in there, that we have the right to petition, the freedom of press. Very important. Anybody in the, anybody in the news will tell you that. Well, maybe, maybe not all of them, uh, but a, a good number of them would. Sometimes I think sometimes I, I think even some people in in media and in the news uh, don't understand how important that truly is. But it's no accident that it's there. You know that that Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion. It's no accident that that's in there. Very deliberate, and it ought not just be cast aside by so many people who just think it's an old dusty document that just gets in the way. There's a reason why it gets in the way, and there's a reason why people in government, some people in government, not all people, again, this is probably a, a I don't know if I want to say it's a minority of people, but it's definitely not a noticeable majority of people in government, I think. I think most people in government understand it, but there are, believe me, there are some who are there who really believe that that document just gets in the way, and there's a great many American people who think that that document just gets in the way. It's supposed to get in the way. That's the thing they don't understand. The Constitution is so very important in, in, that, in that regard. It's supposed to get in the way of the government. It's supposed to be an impediment. It's supposed to slow it down. It's supposed to stop it from doing certain things. That's the whole point. 
Because the most dangerous thing that you will ever encounter in your life, potentially to your freedom and liberty, is your own government. Other than, other than an invading foreign army, the only thing that's more dangerous than that is your own government. That's why the Constitution is there, to get in the way, to make sure that the government stays honest to the, to the extent possible. You remove those guardrails and you've got yourself a big problem on your hands. So thank goodness we have those guardrails. And always remember that. Always remember that the Constitution is important, as is the Declaration of Independence and these ancient rights, our ancient constitutions. Because again, these things that the Founding Fathers were talking about as their constitution, their British rights, their fundamental historic rights, those are our rights too. Just because we have a new constitution, just because we had a Declaration of Independence does not sever us entirely from those ancient rights that go back a thousand years or more. It doesn't. Those are our rights, too. They belong to the Founding Fathers, and they belong to us. And they belong to everybody all over the world, to the extent that they want to actually articulate them, to the extent that they actually want to fight for them. Again, the, these principles have no borders. You know, the people all over the world deserve to have these rights as well as anybody in the United States. We're not special in the United States. I've said that before. There's nothing, there's nothing particularly special about us, except, again, once upon a time, we had a great number of people who were truly great, the greatest generation in 1775, 76, and beyond, who were willing to stand up and get shot at and fight for these rights. That was special. But other than that, we're just people at the end of the day. Just people, just like everybody else in the world. And, the, you know, these principles are, are uh, borderless and timeless, and we must take them seriously. So if anybody, you know, gets upset that I go on a tear about the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution, or I go on a tear about the First Amendment uh, to the Constitution, or the Eighth, or the Third, and there's going to be there's going to be more opportunity for me to rant about this as time goes on. The reason why I dwell on the Second Amendment now in this time period of 1774 to 1775 should be obvious, is because that's the one most applicable right now in 1774 to 1775. That and petitioning the government, and also this concept of a standing army. Uh, I talk about those three in great detail for the most part, especially standing army and Second Amendment, because that's the conflict that we're gearing up for. So if you wonder why I'm spending so much time on that, that's why. And later on, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for me to dwell on the other amendments to the Constitution and the Constitution, the body of the Constitution itself as we, as we go on. And believe me, you are going to hear more than a few more rants about different amendments to the Constitution in months and years to come. It's going to happen. And, and some of this is going to sound like it's, you know, borders on partisanship, but it's not because I don't pick sides. The Second Amendment isn't about taking sides. The Second Amendment is just about the Second Amendment. Now, I realize it has become a partisan issue, but that's unfortunate because every single American should be able to look at that small set of words in the Second Amendment. So it's a it's it's really a short statement, very short. Every American should be able to look at that and know exactly why it's there and what it means. Unfortunately, they don't because this stuff doesn't get taught anymore. So yes, I'm going to spend a great deal of time dwelling on it, driving it home, and making sure that people understand it. Absolutely, because it's so very important. The Constitution generally is important, but especially the Second Amendment and the First Amendment. Those are very important. I mean, without those two, boy, we got ourselves some problems. I mean, if somebody ever managed to successfully squeeze those out of the Constitution or amend those out of the Constitution, the United States is not the United States of America anymore. It's done. It's over. 
And I could say the same thing about the Eighth Amendment. I, I, I mentioned the Eighth Amendment quite a bit because that's a, that's a very important one as well. The Founding Fathers were very concerned about that kind of thing. Excessive fines and penalties, cruel and unusual punishment? Absolutely. After what they went through? Again, there's going to be stories that I'm going to tell you in, in months to come in certain episodes of this podcast that, that might be disturbing to you. Uh, it, might create a very, it might create an image in your mind that's very disturbing or uncomfortable because it's going to talk about how some of these people from, the fa- from this founding generation suffered during the Revolution. And it's very unpleasant, it's very dark, it's very bloody, and there's a lot of death involved. Because again, this is the real history of the American Revolution, of the Founding Fathers, straight from their written words and correspondence. And it's me talking around that, around around those concepts. And a lot of really horrible things happened during the Revolutionary War. War crimes happened, mostly uh, perpetrated by the British Empire, of course, because the British Empire was a it was a it was a ruthless and vicious institution. It really was. It's their military, especially. I mean, for the most part. I mean, when things were when in times of peace, obviously their own their own people, the, the British subjects at this time, including in the colonies, they had a lot of freedom. But when that military gets turned against them, I mean, it gets really dark, really fast. So if you have a weak stomach for that kind of thing, or you simply don't like to listen to this kind of stuff because it doesn't cheer you up in the morning, um, there's there there are dark days coming on this podcast. And if you think I've been dark on this podcast before, you probably ain't seen nothing yet. I don't, uh, you know, I don't, and you can you can skip those episodes if you want to. I would recommend that you don't. But you know, just like the, you know the the episodes where I rant about the Constitution and how important it is, and how how important each one of those amendments to the Constitution truly is. Uh, well. For the most part, there are some amendments that come later on that I'm not happy with, uh, and I, I think there's going to be people who agree with me um, once we get down that road. There, there were some, uh, there were some, there was a couple of amendments that that are controversial, uh, like the Prohibition Amendment I mentioned before. People get it's very controversial. There's a reason why it was repealed and all the rest of it. I have, a, I think, a unique perspective around that. I can't. I really look forward to talking to you folks about that when the time comes. But we're there. It's not. It's not like all this. All this is perfect. But you know, the Constitution. All most of those amendments are very valuable, and we ought not take them for granted. They are. They are truly valuable. And I, I, you know, I look at the Constitution with a great deal of respect for the people who put it together and who tried to do the best that they could with what they had. And with the knowledge that they had at the time, keep in mind, these people had no idea how this whole thing was going to work out. They were trying something here. They didn't really understand how to make it work 100%. They they were taking it, they were gambling in, in certain areas, trying to find a system that would actually last which had never happened before in the history of the world. Nothing like this has ever lasted because people forget. People don't study the history, and people just kind of let let it go over time. Just like the Constitution of the United States, over time, people are just gradually letting it go. And uh, I stress the importance of it because we can't just let it go. Too many people have died. Too many people have given their lives. Too many people are giving their lives. And too many people suffer in the rest of the world in ways that they shouldn't because they don't have that document. Out of respect for the people who have died, out of respect for the people who suffer greatly in the world right now, this very second, as you listen to this podcast, who don't have a constitution, we must hold on to it. If for no other reason than to give those people hope, to give them something to point to, and to give them some give them some concept of what's worth fighting for in this world and to show them that you know those ancient rights that the founding fathers were talking about in 1774 still stand today despite uh, the the various disagreements that we have and uh, you know this this podcast will always take the constitution very seriously and i am a a passionate supporter of the united states constitution as i as i am even even much more so the declaration of independence 
And there's there's a great many reasons for that. Just because the the just because the Constitution isn't perfect doesn't mean that I'm going to abandon it or not take it seriously or not be a passionate advocate for it. Could the Constitution be improved even today? Yes, yes, it could. There are problems with it, but fine. We address the problems as we go to the extent possible, to the extent that we can. But uh, we certainly don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We got to keep you know those parts of the Constitution that are just so very valuable. First Amendment, Second, Third, Fourth, Fifth, Sixth, Seventh, Eighth, Ninth, Tenth. All these amendments are very valuable. Article One, Two, Three, Four, Five, etc. On and on and on again. All these things are very important. And, you know, we, we haven't gotten into the long-form discussion about the Constitution on this podcast, but we're going to. But I thought I would stop and explain why it is I do these episodes on a well-regulated militia, or I talk about, you know, these correspondence to General Gage and also to the uh, to the King and Parliament, and how the, the Founding Fathers were still taking, even in late 1774, 75, and he, honestly, even deeper into 75, they're still taking the time to try to petition their government. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about that. We have talked a lot about it. And why is it I spend so much time talking about this correspondence and this uh, this petitioning of government, their ancient rights, the, the Founding Fathers talk, constantly talking about something being constitutional or unconstitutional in reference to their British constitution. Uh, I take a lot of time with it because it was very important to the Founding Fathers. These people, like I said, this was it for them. This was the thing. This was the hill they were willing to die on. And so was the Constitution of the United States later on when they put it together. That was the hill that they were willing to die on. And keep in mind that even after the United States Constitution was formed up later on in the early 1800s, the Founding Fathers were again willing to go to war a second time with Great Britain to press their rights, to see that their rights were were uh, respected by the British Empire. James Madison led that fight. And I agree with it. I agree with what he did. I think James Madison, as a wartime president, I think he did a good job. I think he did his. I think he did his job. I think he did what he was supposed to do because he was trying to defend the the early United States and that Constitution, the rights of uh, all free Americans. You know, to the extent he understood that concept of free Americans. So this discussion will go on. You know, this constant discussion about the Constitution and these rights. And yes, I am going to go on a rant here and there about the Second Amendment or the First Amendment. And yes, eventually the Eighth Amendment. Uh, there's there's going to be, I think there's going to be an episode specific to the Eighth Amendment uh, at some point. Because I, I, that one in particular... I, I think about as much as I think about the second and the first, which I think I think about the first probably more than I think about anything else, and then probably closely followed by the second, and then probably the Eighth Amendment, which comes shortly thereafter. That I, there's no real, there's not a serious order of priority here, but I do take those specifically very seriously, and there's reasons for it, and the others are very serious as well in the Bill of Rights. Uh, and, and also beyond the Bill of Rights, many many amendments are very important. I've talked about the 22nd already, and we're going to talk more about that as the uh, months and years go on here. And I thank you for joining me uh, in our discussion about the importance of the Constitution of the United States. And also, in our discussion with the Founding Fathers, when we bring John Adams on, our discussion about the Constitution that they were living under at the time, the British Constitution. What they saw as the British Constitution, their ancient rights. Because uh, that Constitution was very important to them, as was the United States Constitution later. So, so too shall it, should it be important to us in 2022 and beyond. And for those of you folks who are listening in other parts of the world internationally, in Europe and in Asia, Africa perhaps, South America, I thank you for joining us, uh, us those of us here in the United States on this podcast to study uh, from the Founding Fathers of the United States. It's a great honor to have people international uh, to, that is to say, from the United States perspective, international. Of course, we're international to you, but um, 
to have folks from other countries join us on this discussion. Because again, these principles are just as important to you, I would suspect, as they are to us, because these are human rights. The Constitution of the United States, the British Constitution before it, and those ancient rights, these are really just human rights at the end of the day. And every country should have some form of it, you know, to the extent that they, uh, they want to articulate it in their own particular kind of way. Every country is a little bit unique in that respect, and that's fine. But, you know, the relationship between people and government is the same all over the world. There's always the same potential for good, and there's always the same potential for bad. There's the same, you know, there's good governments all over the world, and there's bad governments all over the world. You, you look, you look, you know, in any particular corner of the world, you're going to find a little bit of both. Some countries have good government, and some countries have bad government, and, you know, the relationship is always kind of that, it's trying to balance the good uh, and the bad and try to make the best government we possibly can. And the Founding Fathers had a particular recipe for that, and it largely worked. It wasn't perfect. But it, but it largely worked. You know, there's been a great bit of prosperity in the United States of America. There's been a great deal of success in the United States. Uh, I talked about uh, this concept of American invention in the previous episode. Benjamin Franklin really was a, um, a standard bearer for that, that concept of American invention. He really got, he really uh, personified it in a great many ways. So I think the Founding Fathers were on to something. If Benjamin Franklin approved of this Constitution, if Benjamin Franklin approved of this republic that we have in this country, not democracy, but republic, if he approved of it, there must be something to it. There must be something valuable to be had here in this particular form of government. So let's continue to study that. Let's continue to go back and read the instructions that the Founding Fathers left for us, how important the Constitution was. And uh, I thank you for uh, joining me on this and my discussion about the Constitution, its importance, and also listening to the rants that I go on about the Constitution. And I wonder I wonder sometimes, you know, whether you folks uh, in your own personal lives go on a rant about the Constitution yourselves. Uh, if you do go on a rant about the Constitution, I'd like to hear about it. Leave a review on the podcast and say, hey, you know, when it comes to the United States Constitution, this is what I this is what I focus on. This is my rant. I have ranted to people before about the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution, how important it is, or whatever. You know, take your pick. Whichever amendment or whichever section of the Constitution you find most uh, important, most valuable to you uh, as far as good government and, uh, you know, this, um, this standard that we have set here in the United States. And for those of you international, if you want to leave a review on the podcast as well on Apple Podcasts, uh, let me know what your what your uh, particular favorite part of the Constitution or least favorite part of the Constitution is. What don't you like about it? Is there something that you think is a problem? I'd like to hear about that, and I'd like to bring those conversations onto this podcast and talk about them with you folks. Uh, so feel free to leave a review and a comment. Just uh, just um, something something simple that we can uh, discuss here together. Because uh, again, I consider this to be our study group on the Constitution, the Founding Fathers, the Revolutionary War, their letters and correspondence, and all that they had to say to us. So I hope you enjoy this episode, and I will look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the podcast. It's going to be another long-form episode. We're going to be back on the letters. With all that said, and until then, this is Roman signing off. Thank you.